Welcome back to the Ingashi Trust Podcast. Y'all, it's been a long time. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I haven't recorded anything for a really long time. I'm pretty sure the last episode was like in November. I'm pretty sure it was in November. Let me let me look it up. But I know it's been a few months. I've had some of y'all ask, where, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, what's going on with this? Are you okay? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just, yeah, November 18th. <laughs> and it says, guess who's back, back again. I think I might need to use that, uh, that title again. Cause it's, been, I don't know, November, December, January, February, it's March. It's been four months. I haven't done anything <laughs> with it for a while. Um, but no, um, everyone's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? No, I just, I got three jobs and a wedding to plan. And so um, I've been real busy and um, my fiance is uh, getting ready to move here in like less than 30 days. Um, and so I have, I just really felt like the Lord was like, this needs to just take a back burner for a little bit and your priority needs to be your um, upcoming husband. I said, okay, cool. And I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, I was getting my lashes done, and um, she, you know, she was asking me, you know, what I was doing with it. And I said, I just don't feel like the anointing's there right now for it. Um, you know, because every time I've thought about the podcast, it's been me like, I need to record, or I need to do this, or I need to. And I just never felt like it was Holy Spirit led. And then um, I woke up this morning. And I was listening to a podcast, and I just felt like the Lord's like, okay, you need to record today. And I'm like, Lord, I I haven't prepared nothing. And, um, and but I just really feel, like, real strong in my spirit that he wants me to talk. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to do, like, one of those episodes where I just talk, and he'll lead me into <laughs> He'll lead me into it. Um, but, yeah, so life's been absolutely hectic and absolutely crazy. And... Um, just trying to get everything ready. I get married um, in three months from next Saturday. So from March 8th, um, I get married in three months. And I'm so stoked. I'm so ready, y'all. Um, but, um, yeah, it just it just felt like, you know, the, the anointing hasn't been on the, the podcast for a long time. And so this, this very well could also be an episode where I just, release an episode and y'all might not hear from me for another few months you know because I (laughs) I got other things I got going on um but you know I've just stayed diligent in my relationship with the Lord and he's just really uh I feel like in these few months he's just continued to grow me in areas and place things on my heart and he's just y'all when I you know when scripture says that uh, this is the Kitchery paraphrase or the Kitchery translation that the Lord will show up for you. Like the Lord will show up for you, you know, and he's just really built up my faith specifically with the verse. Uh, I believe it's Philippians four nineteen. I'm going to flip there because I want to make sure I'm going to make sure that uh, it's the right verse and y'all aren't like going to something and it's like, and Judas hung himself. I don't want that. <laughs> that ain't, that's not where we headed. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Philippians 
Yeah, 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 I was right. It is Philippians 419, and it is, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And, um, um, you know, but I, I always want to make sure that y'all know what the context is. So we're going to, like, flip back to um, uh, verse 18. It says, I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from... Aphroditus, what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So he is talking about receiving what he needs and all this stuff. Um, so um, uh, I've, like, had some situations pop up where, so, like, my biggest, um, my biggest thing is I have a fear uh, with money. Um, I just, i I know where it stems from. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but I just have a fear of money. And so my fear is always that I have to control every penny. I have to make every penny. I have to make sure that I am the one that's going to work and doing all these things and doing this and saving and all this stuff. And um, I'm always really, really um, financially smart and financially stable, and I don't carry any debt and all this stuff. And... Um, so like, but like now I'm like sitting in like a season where I'm like, Lord, like all these bills are popping up and I don't have the finances to cut. Like you're going to, you're going to have to like come through for me. You know what I mean? So like, I mean like, you know, you got your everyday bills and stuff and then you got a wedding on top of everything. Y'all weddings are stupid expensive, like real stupid expensive. And like, we ain't even doing anything crazy. We just doing like the regular, like flowers, you know, Nice tablecloth. I'm renting all my stuff. I'm not buying my decor because it's not going to sit in a storage unit for years that I have to pay for a storage unit on top of the stuff I already paid for. No, I'm renting it, so uh, saving me money. But, you know, so a little pro tip, rent your wedding decor. Um, (laughs) But I'm using this uh, company called Wild West Collective out of Cody, Wyoming. If y'all in Wyoming, like Jackson Hole, Lander, Riverton, call them. They're amazing. Wild West Collective. Anyways, um. But, uh, you know, I started and, you know, we were, I, we were, you know, paying all this stuff and it was looking really good, you know, and then I had like this pop up and then I had this pop up and then I had like a $500 dentist bill and, you know, because I chipped a tooth and then one of my like old tooths like cracked and I needed to get that taken care of, you know, and then I've had like got knee problems and then I had my car pretty much start leaking oil everywhere and that was another thousand dollar bill and now my, my car's got a paint job issue and that's, you know, he quoted me 3000 and then when he went around my car, he's like, you got so much hail damage, like, it's going to cost you $12,000 to fix this whole car, and, you know, the paint will just get fixed, and but you got so much hail damage, like, y'all got to replace this, and you got to replace this, and then, you know, we got honeymoon flights, and we got the 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 marriage and you know, the the wedding stuff, and then, you know, just, like, all this stuff, and I'm just like, Lord, I don't, I, I do not make, I don't make this much money, and then because I own a a small, uh, a small business. I'm a small business owner. I usually always owe in taxes every single year, you know? And so like going back to like when my car first broke down with like oil and everything, like I didn't even have, cause Caleb and I have a goal of like how much money we're wanting in savings by the time we get married and we don't want any debt, no credit card debt, no debt. The only debt we'll probably have is just like his very, very small truck payment. Right. And so we want to step into marriage with no debt and all this stuff. And I'm like, baby, we're looking like we're going to be going into like marriage with a lot of debt. You know, if I have to get this fixed and all this stuff, 
And so, you know, I, I needed to get my car fixed cause it was leaking oil. It wasn't, it, you know, it's not good for my, for my car. So I get that fixed and I, you know, I begrudgingly take the money out of savings. And I, I used to have like a really large savings, but because of like all these deposits due for the wedding, it was, it was dwindled. Um, and so that check hurt to write. And then like the next day, a very generous person gave me the money to fix that thousand dollar car, thousand dollar car fix. But like before, like all of that, I was freaking out because the devil, the devil knows how to get me to freak out. And it's like, he, he put piles everything on top all at once. Right. And you know, that whole kind of thing, like it rain, when it rains, it pours thing. And so it was literally one thing after another, you know, like I got the dentist bill, I got the car, I got the wedding fund, I got like all this stuff. And I'm just like, uh, I don't have this in the savings. Caleb has to, you know, move here. So that's going to cost money. Like all this, all this stuff. And, um, I text one of my friends and, uh, she was like, you need to get on your girl, your big girl panties. And I was like, what? You know, I was just like spouting. I was like, <laughs> like I got all this stuff going on and I just don't know how it's going to happen. And there's no possible way. And, and she was like, can you put on your big girl panties, please? And she's like, go read your Bible. And um, she like gave me all of these things. And she said, go read Philippians 4.19. It says, God will supply all of your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And and I always say that anytime it says God will or he will or I will when it's referring to God, you know, talking, um, th- that's a promise. And so I was reading this and then she, I, I looked up all the other verses and, you know, I was making, you know, I was looking at them and they were all in context and, and, um, she's like, instead of speaking to your circumstances and letting your circumstances, um, lead you, she goes, you speak to your circumstances and you let God lead you. She's like, but you're letting fear lead you right now. And she's like, but his word says otherwise. And so I went through the scriptures, um, and I was praying. I said, okay, Lord, this is what your word says. And so if your word says it, you either mean it or you need to take it out. Because you don't lie. And you, what you say goes. So you either mean this and you will do it or you didn't mean it and it needs to come out of your word. Um, and so... I was praying. I said, okay, Lord. And then, you know, I remember that every time I pray, you know, I always thank God for everything. I said, thank you, Lord, that you are going to supply all my needs that I don't have. Like the, I, I looked at him and I said, there's no way I can do this in the natural on my own. There's absolutely no way. And I said, um, I said, so y- you're the only one that can fix this. And then, um, I, uh, I turned my attention to my circumstances and, and to the enemy. And I said, I know what you're trying to do. I said, yeah, you rattled me a little bit, devil. Like you rattled me. I'll, I'll give you there. I said, but every time you do something like this, you're just giving my God more opportunity to show off his power and his glory. I said, so go, go ahead, lay it all out, lay it all down. Try to freak me out as much. I said, but my God is going to supply all my needs. My God has my back. And every time you try to rattle me or try to, you know, make me pay this bill or this bill or whatever you're throwing at me, you're just giving my God more opportunity to show that he's God. And then, y'all, I, I can't even tell you the the feeling that lifted off my shoulders, like a burden just lifted off of my shoulders as soon as I said that. I said, okay, I said, okay God, go show off. The next day, 
that $1,000 bill, that person gave me money to, to cover that. The next day. And then fast forward, I'm doing my taxes, and I'm, I'm expecting to pay in a minimum, absolute minimum of $1,500 to $2,000. And I, out of my other jobs, um, I take out extra taxes, but I was, I was doing the calculations. I'm like, dang it, I'm still going to, I'm still going to owe. And I do my taxes, and then I end up getting money back. And that never happens. Ever. <laughs> like it, it never, ever happens. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I did something wrong because I, I do not do math, guys. I don't. I mean, I can do two plus two pl- equals four. I can do barbell math. You put like a 35-pound women's barbell in me in front of me and like you give me like the plate. I can do barbell math, but I can't do like tax math. I'm ju- it's just not how my brain functions. So I'm looking at it and I, I go back and I look through the numbers and I'm like, and then I call my mama over and I'm like, can you look at this because there's, I did something wrong because I'm getting money back and that has never happened since I was a student, which was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And, um, she looked through, she's like, no, you did everything right. You're getting money back. And it was, I mean, I, it just, and I mean, I just start crying because I'm just like, Lord, because that was also in my, in my prayers. I said, Lord, and I got taxes coming up. And I was like, but I was just like, just, you know, I was like, but your hand is on it. And he just constantly gave me peace. Like, you know, my hand is on it. My hand is on it. I've got you. I've got you. And, you know, and I've been off of social media for the past two months. I just got back on yesterday. I did a two month fast from social media and, um, Caleb and I, when we get married, we're going to be needing a rental. And it's been really hard because we've been waiting for his job to give him a start date. And um, we we really wanted, you know, we wanted a house, not an apartment. You know, we wanted at least two bedrooms, you know, maybe three. All this stuff where I can have my dogs. And that's the, that's the hard thing is like dogs, you know, people don't want dogs. And but all the rental stuff goes through Facebook Marketplace and then everyone's tagging me and all this stuff. I'm like, Lord, there's no way we're going to find a place if I'm off Facebook. Caleb doesn't have Facebook like there's no way we're going to find a place while I'm off Facebook. And so I just felt like um, the devil, that was like a tactic. The devil is trying to get me to get back on social media because he wants me distracted. And because I realized I was like, I am spending so much time on social media just to distract me from my stressors or from my problems. And I also recognized like I was on, I was getting on social because I was wanting the validation of the likes and the followers. And I was just wanting, you know, I was putting stuff out there like, oh, look at me, look at me. And I was like, and then I just like, I need to check myself there. And so I did a, a social media fast. But in that two months, we found we found a three-bedroom, one-bath house in our budget that allows us to have dogs, really great renters. And, you know, I mean, and this was all while I was off social media. And it was because the Lord is looking out. Like, the Lord is like, I've, like, I've got this. And I remember after, like, I prayed that prayer, I'm like, Lord, I just, like, what this is all going on and this is all happening and all this stuff. Um. Like, I literally, he told, oh, gosh, what was the verse he told me? It cracked me up. And it's only in the Christian Standard Bible that made me laugh. Um, oh, man. What was it? Lord, what was it? Um, help me out, Holy Spirit. It was so funny because I was, I, was ta- I was talking to him, and I was really fearful and all, all this stuff. And I just felt like... Um, 
that he was like kind of like giving me one of those mm, like really again type things and um oh my gosh I really want to know what it is I'm looking for I I feel like it's in Ephesians I feel like it's in Ephesians but I might have to google it but um essentially it was like uh the verse said something like I wish I could be with you now um and like be able to talk to you in the tone of voice I want to <laughs> like, and it just kind of and like in that moment I felt like the Holy Spirit was like have I not brought you through literally everything like why do you still doubt me and I and like and I felt like he said why do you still doubt me and why do you still have such little faith in my power um when it comes to finances because like everywhere else I'm like okay Lord like you got this but like for some reason finances is like a stronghold where I'm like God has everything else but he won't have my finances and so I'm just being real like like that is one of the areas where I doubt him that he has the power to do it and so I also feel like he's allowing these tests and he's allowing these trials or he's he might even be like giving me these tests of faith so he is literally like see what I can do like do you see what I can do and um <clears throat> so he showed me that I got taxes back and then I was like okay god like you show you showed off a lot like you don't have to do anything else more and I felt like the lord's like no I'm going to take care of everything I'm taking care of everything and then you know I took in and so I'm just like okay okay lord and then you know I took in my car and instead of 3000 it's 12000 and then the guys like this is most likely going to total your car they're going to try to total your car but they might write you a check and you can get everything fixed and yada yada and and like you know and then I've had a I've had knee problems just tons of knee pain like debilitating hard hurts to walk can't hardly bend my leg just all this stuff and I'm like nope like the Lord's got this. I just like he constantly gave me that peace that um surpasses all understanding. I'm like looking at the face of everything and I'm like, okay, I don't have twelve grand to fix my car. I don't want my car to be totaled. Like my knee hurts, like I can't do anything. Like what is going on? But then like I just felt like the Holy Holy Spirit's like, no, I got you. I got you. And so that is just one thing that he's really been been telling me, you know, and I I love it because um the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 14, says the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Like the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. And so I'm like, Lord, if like, like Holy Spirit, you helping me out so much. Like you are such a gift. Like I could only imagine that you are just merely a down payment to the kingdom of God and to what the Lord has in store. Like that's crazy to think about that the Holy Spirit is just... And I don't want to say merely in a way that it, he's not big, but like the de- like the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God Himself in us is just is is the down payment for our inheritance. And so I always think, you know, because whenever you have to have a down payment for something, the the rule of thumb is usually twenty percent. And so I'm just like, okay, if we go off of that rule, if the Holy Spirit is say 20% of our inheritance. What else is there that the Lord has in store when his his own spirit is 
merely a 20% down payment. Like that rocks my mind. And, and so like if the Holy Spirit is, is a 20% down payment and it is always so good, what makes me think that he doesn't have everything else in control and that he doesn't have something better and that he's not going to just blow your mind. And so that is something that I really feel like the Lord has been just showing me day in and day out. And, you know, I would normally look at, you know, the, the car payment or the, you know, the car stuff and my knee stuff and, you know, um, I need to go back to the dentist because I got a tooth that's, like, the most sensitive thing in the world. It, it, seriously, y'all, if anything, like, remotely cold hits it, it sends me through the roof and dang near drops me to my knees. And so I'm like, okay, I got to do that. But, like, I got all these bills I got to pay. My wedding's in three months, and I got <laughs> I got to finish paying all these vendors and, you know, just all this stuff. And I can actually say, like, I'm legit not worried. Like, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, this would freak anyone else out. But I really just feel that day that I was just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to let my circumstances speak to me. I'm going to speak to my circumstances. Because the Bible doesn't say that our circumstances have authority over us. It says that we have authority over our circumstances. And, like, why would we not use that authority? Like, if God gave us that authority, and if God gave us the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit brings peace, and if Jesus literally tells us in, you know, in Luke, because I've been in Luke lately, in Luke, to literally worry about nothing and that the body is more than for clothing and that the stomach is more than food. Like, if if he says all this and if his word, going back to what I told him that day that I was praying, if your word says it, you either mean it or you don't and you need to take it out. And so, like, that day I just really kind of felt like, um, something just kind of shifted. I was like, okay, okay, sweet. And then, you know, I was looking at, um, you know, I, I felt, you know, looking at the car note and everything else. I was like, okay, there's like one other option I can do in order to pay for all this. And, you know, it, it would really help us all out, and it would make sure that Caleb and I don't have debt and all that stuff. And then when I went to do this, the Holy Spirit was like, stop and wait. Stop and wait. And so I'm just like, okay, God, I'm living in faith now. Like, I'm, like, you're clearly a God who is going to do what he says. Your word says that you're going to do it. And I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not talking prosperity gospel. I ain't wealthy. I'm not saying that, if you say it enough in Jesus' name with enough inflection in your voice that you're going to have a plane and you're going to have a million dollars. No, but your needs will be met. Not your wants. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your needs will be met, not your wants. It, it doesn't say that he will supply everything that you could ever ask for according to his riches in Christ Jesus. It says your needs will be met. Oh, okay, Holy Spirit. Hold on. Let me find it. Let me find it. It's in Luke. I literally just read it this morning. I was like, this is so good. This is so good. Hold on. Where is it? I might need to go get my other Bible. I might need. Oh, I think I'm getting close. Hold on. Amen. Christ. Okay. Oh, I'll go. Okay. So it's in Luke 12. 
Where are you? Yeah, like literally just like read all through Luke 12. And it's just, it's it's amazing. So like literally one of it is the cure for anxiety. And th- these are words in red. And it says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or about the body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food in the body, more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Are you worth more than the birds? Can any of you add any moment to your lifespan by worrying? Even then, you're not able to do anything. So why worry? So like he's saying, even if you could add a moment to your lifespan, even then you're not even able to do anything really. So why are you worrying about it? And he literally says like, don't, it, it, don't be anxious. Don't strive for what you should eat. Don't strive about what you should drink. Don't be anxious. It says, for the Gentile world, and this is in verse 30, so Luke 12, verse 30, for the Gentile world eagerly seeks these things, and your father knows you need them. He knows. He knows. You know, and so ask, seek, knock. Yes, that verse applies. He knows your needs. And then, you know, Philippians 4.19 says, and he will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And that's one thing I have an issue with with prosperity gospel is it's turned into he will supply all your wants as well. That whatever you ask of him, and, you know, that I mean, yes, there is that verse that, you know, that Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done for you. But what people miss is according to his will. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Um, I was listening to Jim Ross's The Basement, and the, the Holy Spirit just brought this back to my attention, and it's so good. So um, Jesus is, um, on the night of his betrayal, he's, he's at Gethsemane, and um, he's praying. And um, it says, he withdrew from them. So this is Luke 22, verses 41. Um, he said, when he withdrew from them, about a stone's throw, knelt down and began to pray, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And in another gospel, it says that he, you know, went back and then his disciples were sleeping and then he went back and he prayed the same thing. Lord, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He goes back and he wakes up his disciples. He's like, really, bro? Y'all can't stay awake for like 20 minutes and pray with me? Then he goes back and once again, he prays the same thing. He, Jesus himself prayed three times for, for, for the cup to be passed from him. He's like, if there's any other way. Lord, take it from me. And what did the Lord say? He said, no. And so what's crazy to me is that we have, we have people out here thinking that the Lord can never say no to us when he said no to his own son, the perfect one, who's never thought an evil thought in his life, never did anything evil, never lied, ne- never see, is 100% fully holy and fully good. If God said no to his son, what makes us think he will not say no to us? 
And so it's, he will supply all of his needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The leper, the man, the, the man with the leprosy, he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean or you are able. He is able to do all things. But we also have to remember that we are subject to his will. And he's not a genie who just gives us every single wish that we ask for. But also it says in Luke 12, you know, when he's saying, don't worry about all this stuff. Your father knows what you need. It says, but first, but first seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. And, and people forget that. It's that it, it, it's just that we we think that oh God God will just supply everything God will do everything but if we ain't seeking His kingdom if we aren't seeking His will and His heart and what He wants for our life that's that's the whole that's the whole thing is like okay every time I ask the Lord for something and there's no harm in asking. I could ask him for a million dollars in a plane. I absolutely could. But I have to be okay with him saying no and me still serving him anyways, regardless if I get what I want. Regardless if you get your healing, are you still going to love him? If you never get married, will you still believe he is good? If you never have the baby, Will you still worship him? If he never gives you the house or the job or the career or the influence, if he never gives you X, Y, and Z, will you still be okay? Or have you made an idol out of your heart's desires? We cannot make monuments out of what we want. Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 16, says that we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You can make as many plans as you want, but it's the Lord who sees it through. It is the Lord who determines our steps. And if you're supposed to turn right according to your five-year plan and the Lord asks you to turn left and go back two steps, will you obey? That is what, that is, I, be, I believe, what scripture is telling us is like, he will supply all of our needs. And because, and it says in Hebrews 12, he's a good father. Or no, not Hebrews 12. What does it say? Hebrews 12 is the discipline chapter. That's what I call it. But it says that, like, if you evil people know how to give, give good gifts to your children, like, the father. In heaven, uh, like, can is way better than that. That's, I think it's also in Luke. I'm, I'm clearly in Luke. But, like, of course he, he wants to give good gifts. And he will bless you because he is a good father. But we cannot, um, we cannot worship God contingent on what we, if we get what we want. We can't. Because, remember, he is holy. 
before he is good. He is holy before he is loving. He is holy before he is merciful. He is holy before he is uh, the, the great judge. He is holy before he is faithful because in order to be loving and faithful and a good judge, you have to be holy. And what is holy? 100% perfect. There is no deceit in him. And if he has no, if he has nothing bad in him, then he has nothing bad against you. If he is only good, then he has only good for you. But will you be okay if it doesn't look like what you pictured? Will you still obey if your five-year plan doesn't work out? Will you still be okay if your husband is not your type? Will you still be okay if he calls you to a life of singleness? Will you still be okay if he calls you to a lifelong vow of celibacy? Will you be okay if he, when he, will you be okay when he asks you to give up the homosexual lifestyle? Will you be okay if you only have $80 in the bank and you got all these bills to pay and you thought you would be, you know, a CEO by now, but you still work in, you know, as a manager at Wendy's. I mean, I don't know. I'm the, uh, these are just things that I just, that are just coming to mind, but it's like, we, we cannot have a conditional relationship with God because if our relationship with God was conditional, every single one of us would be going to hell. Ooh, I felt that thing. If God made conditions to, you got to do this in order to earn my love. You got to do this in order to earn my love. You got to do this to earn my love. The New Testament would, would not exist. And we would still be living in the Old Testament where we had 620 laws or something crazy like that that we had to do. And it still wouldn't be enough. Every single one of us would be going to hell. But the, but the word of God says to everyone who believes in him, everyone, and, and you have to believe and obey, believe and obey. Because the thing is, is like, you can know Jesus, you can know about him, but do you know him? Do you have that intimate relationship with him? Do you recognize you need him. Do you recognize that you can do nothing good without him? Do you realize that the only reason you are sustained is because he upholds you in his righteous right hand? And that was like another really big thing for me was like the Lord was like, you think you did all this on your own. Like I was taking credit for the things that the Lord gave me. I'm like, look, I did all this and I, I worked hard. I don't know why I just got really Southern right there. Hold on, sorry. Uh, 
But you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, a few years ago, I'm like, I did this and I'm self-made and I'm independent and I don't need anybody and I can do this and no one, I don't have to depend on anyone. And, and Lord has been showing me like over the past few years, even up to the past few months, you need me. Like you, like the Lord is like, the only reason you own a small business is because I allowed it. So the only reason that small business is still going is because I allow it. So the only reason that you have X, Y, Z is because I allow it. So his word says that he reigns on the just and the unjust. And we have to recognize that if the, like I said, if the Lord is pure holiness, because that's what the angels say in heaven. They say, holy, holy, holy. And anytime there is a repeat, they're really emphasizing it. So if he is fully holy, that means he is fully good. And if he is fully good, then he can do no harm to you. I thought I knew what was best for me years ago. I'm so glad that the Lord said no. I'm so thankful that the Lord disciplined me and said, absolutely not. This isn't for you. Because, man, I'm dumb, guys. And here's the thing. And I don't mean to be rude. You're, you're dumb, too. We're all dumb on our own. And that's why... The down payment of the Holy Spirit is such an amazing, extraordinary gift because he brings wisdom. He brings knowledge. He brings discernment where, you know, like the other day I was going to do something where I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to pay for this and this and this. And the Lord said no. And it was that discernment. It was it was that feeling on the inside of my gut that the Lord was like, stop and wait. And I immediately, I was just like, okay, this could be me or this could be God. But I'm pretty sure that's God because I know that feeling. I know his voice. And so I stopped. I turned around. And then the next day, I'm like, okay, that's why you told me to stop. We have to recognize our need for him. And then when we, you know that song, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, but trust and obey. That's probably really off key too. But I mean it's 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 true. And the Lord is building that trust and he's giving me that empirical data that's like I I will bring you through everything. I will supply your needs. And y'all um oh man, what is that verse? I really need I need to really work on knowing the addresses. Um, but it says, um, like, wisdom is wealth. Some, something like that. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, the crown of the wise is their wealth. Wisdom is wealth. But the folly of fools brings folly. That's Proverbs um, uh, 14, 24. Wisdom is worth more than silver. It makes you much richer than gold. Proverbs 3, 14. It, I mean, and then, uh, you know, Proverbs um, 8, 10, 11, or 18 through 21 says, Wisdom and knowledge is better than riches. 
take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. So if the Lord has given you wisdom, you're more wealthier than Beyonce Knowles. That woman is wealthy. But where, but you know, but where's the wisdom? And I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, projecting that she doesn't have wisdom, but you just got to look at the fruit. But, um, like we, we have to recognize that if he says no, it's for betterment for us. And if he says yes, that's amazing because he is a good God. But if he says no, we have to understand that he has something better on the way. Because all of God's blessings have seasons. All of God's gifts have seasons. And if we are clinging to and just grasping at one good season in our life, we will not be able to walk into the next season while we're constantly looking back. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He brought to my mind Lot's wife. As they were being delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah, he, he said, do not look back, for you will be turned into a pillar of salt. She's the only woman in the Bible that the Lord tells us, remember her. Okay, why? Because she looked back. She, she loved that season of her life so much that she did not trust God enough to not let go of it and not look back and wish she was still there. And so she didn't get to her next season of life where the Lord could have fulfilled her in full joy because she was too busy grasping and looking back at the previous season. That is why we cannot make monuments out of our wants or monuments out of where we have been. Because the, the, God's word says he takes us from faith to faith and, and from glory to glory. And so if he's saying, hey, you need to leave this season, I have to trust that he's taking me somewhere higher and somewhere greater. Not for, I mean, yes, because he wants to bless us, but also to do his will and his work in his kingdom. And because he is a good father, and because he will reward those who are obedient and faithful, he will bless you in ways that you could never have imagined. It might just not look like a plane and a million dollars. We have to stop thinking that it's going to be riches. You could you could be homesteading in a two-bedroom home with your husband and seven children, and you are the most fulfilled in your life that you've ever been. His blessings look different. His mercies are new every morning. But we have to be okay with where he takes us and what he takes from us in order to give us his will. Are you taking up your cross? Are you living for him? Are you obeying him? Are you giving him your time? And I know there is, there's grace for, you know, for example, if like you're like a brand new mom and you're getting up two every two hours to feed that baby and you just don't have time to wake up any earlier and give the Lord, he has grace for that. But like maybe while you're, you're nursing that baby, 
throw on worship music, pray. Because there is grace for that. But if it's just, I just don't want to get up. I was just too tired or whatever, you know. And I feel like, um, mm, ooh, this is going to piss some people off. That's okay. Because um, I felt like the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention. The 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 saying, oh, but the Lord knows my heart, I think has ruined so many relationships with the Lord. The, oh, well, he the Lord knows my heart. It has ruined so many relationships between those people and the Lord. Because, yeah, he does know your heart. And usually, I think Jackie Hill Perry said this, and I thought it was so good. She said, um, making excuses to not spend time with the Lord is a heart issue. And I I thought that was so powerful because what she's saying is, is like, you mean you can't make any time for him? It's, it's a heart issue. And so it's like, oh, well, but, you know, the, the Lord knows my heart. He knows that I, I believe in him. He knows I love him. But you, you ain't spending any time with him. And so a lot of these people are asking, well, Lord, what is your will for my life? I don't know what you want me to do. Where is your voice? But you haven't cracked your Bible in two weeks or longer. You've rejected the church. You haven't gone to church. You haven't sat and prayed with him. You get on TikTok and watch, you know, your third you know, dancing video, you know, in the last three minutes. And yet the Bible collects dust and you haven't prayed in months. And I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to step on toes, but we have to look at where our priorities lie because, um, you know, scripture says, you know, our heart will show us where our priorities are. And so, we can't be mad at God that we aren't hearing his voice when we aren't being still enough or undistracted enough to sit in silence or sit with his word open and wait on him. Like, I'm just trying to give y'all practical tools based on what I have learned. And these past two months off of social media, my anxiety is so much lower my mind is so much clearer. I feel the Lord so much more. His discernment, like he, I can, I know when he's near, I know his voice because I've drowned out all the other, like, noise that's just crap. And it's because I just merely got off social media. And you know what? I really didn't miss it. I mi- I missed it when my fiance would send me really funny videos, but that's literally about it. And it was a it was a way for God to check my heart too because you know, I was just posting stuff because I wanted people to look at me like look at what I'm doing, look at my life, look at this. And I was wanting validation from men and God's like, "Mm, girl, you ain't." Mm-mm. Because you do not you you need to seek my validation you need to seek my praise in you not man's praise because look at what men do I mean literally people turn on people so quickly in 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 this day and age they love you until that you disagree with them you they love you until you rebuke their behavior you love them until you saying you know maybe we shouldn't be going to a strip club and then church on Sunday you know what I mean like stuff like that and then they'll just turn their back on you so like why are you wanting people's likes and people's praises and people's this and that when like they could turn on you in a second and then they leave you in the dust and so the Lord was like 
we're going to change. I need to, I need to show you that I should be the validation you should be seeking. Cause here's the thing. The Lord is the only one that can actually validate anything. Okay. Hold on. I got another, another thing I got to look up. Hold on. Okay. Luke 6, 46 through 49. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? This is Jesus talking. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Calling him Lord means calling him master of your life. Lord of your life. He's like, why are you calling me Lord and you're not doing what I tell you to do? You can't say that I'm Lord of your life and master of your life when you don't listen to me, when you don't obey me. This, And then he goes on to say in verse 47, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hear my, hears my words, and acts on them. So that, that implies you have to hear his word and act on it and obey it. It's not just hearing the word of God. It's hearing and obeying the word of God that makes a difference. Because you can hear something all day long, but if you, don't, if you don't recognize it and you don't act on it, it doesn't make a difference in your life. So it says, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. What is Jesus called? He's called the rock of ages or the cornerstone. So why would we not build our foundation on the cornerstone, on the rock? I want to be as close to that cornerstone and as close to that rock foundation as I possibly can. Because when you've got a hurricane or when you've got a tornado, where do they tell you is the safest place? It's in the foundation. It's as close to that foundation as possible. And so he's saying, your life needs to be built in that rock foundation because that's where you're safe. And then it goes on to say in verse 49, but the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it, and it immediately collapsed. And the destruction of that house was great. If you just merely hear God's wor- words and hear his voice and, and just read, and but you do nothing with it, wh- when any storm comes, you will be destroyed. And it says the destruction of that house was great. The destruction was great. And so that is why we need to trust that God is good that he is above all before he is good he is holy which means he is good which means he is loving which means he is faithful and so even if he asks you to do something and you don't understand why you have to recognize that it is for a better purpose his will not ours be done that's why i mean jesus we were we are supposed to imitate jesus and if jesus even said not my will, but yours be done. We have to do the same. The Father knows what you need. 
He knows. But what you need might look different from what you want. And what you think you need, it might not even be what you actually need. And we have to be okay with whatever that looks like that the Lord gives us. And whatever he gives us, we have to hold it with an open hand, not a clasped one. Because if we clasp it, we're saying that it's ours and it's not ours. It's God's. And we can't be like Lot's wife that we're constantly gripping so much onto something that he gave us before that we refuse to look ahead of what he's trying to give us in the future. The Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but he determines our steps. And let me tell you, when the Lord has led my steps, it has led me way, way farther into blessing than I could have ever have imagined. I mean, y'all, I'm blessed. And you know what's crazy is looking at my life right now, like I live at my parents' house right now. I'm not saying I live in this huge fancy house. I'm living with my parents. I'm 29. I'm getting married in three months, and I'm living at my parents' house. I have been for almost a year now because the Lord told me to. And when he told me to, I was so mad, you guys, because I took so much pride that I could pay my own bills, and I had my own place, and I didn't need anyone and all this stuff. And the Lord's like, you go move back home. And I was mad. Oh, I hated it, but it knocked that pride down. And he's showing me that I can be content. He's showing me what contentment looks like in any season. And in in obeying, I'm like, whoa, Lord, look at this. This is so cool. I had no idea he was going to do this. When I moved out of my apartment and into my parents' house, Caleb hadn't proposed. I didn't know when a proposal was coming. I had no idea. I just felt like the Lord says, "You, you need to move back home. And so I did it. I didn't like it. I was mad about it, but I did it, and now I'm like, oh, okay. I see why. I see why. And you know what? I can still look at my life and be like, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I don't care how many bills I've got popping up. Lord, That's the Lord's job. He knows my needs. He'll, he'll supply it, but it is my job to be okay with however his will rolls out. And I need to contain to be a hearer of his word and a doer because that way I know that when any storm comes, when any bill comes up, when any Ill, if any illness comes up, anything comes up, it will not shake me, but it'll push me closer to safety in Jesus, the firm foundation. And I really believe that that's what the Lord wanted me to talk about. I think we got there. Is there anything else, Holy Spirit? All right. Well, I don't, I, I cannot tell you I'll see y'all next week or talk to you guys next week because I don't know. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to speak on it and the Lord wanted me to talk on it and I did. And um, so like I cannot promise that this is going to be a podcast that's like an every week thing anymore. It will be whenever the Lord anoints it and whenever the Lord tells me to get on and speak about something um, because... Um, I, and this isn't, this is not to sound, you know, mean, I have other priorities right now that the Lord has shown me I need to focus on. And that is my upcoming marriage. And so, um, that's what I'm going to focus on. But the Lord just laid it on my heart. He's like, you're going to pretty much go talk until <laughs> you talk your way to what I want, 
you tell me. And so I just kind of leaned on him. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Awesome. I mean, look, y'all, I talked for almost an hour. We're at 55 minutes and 48 seconds and going on. And it's been great to to be back and to talk and stuff. But um, I'll see you guys whenever I see you. Well, I'll talk to you. I guess I can't see you, but you know, you know, literalism here. But I will talk to you guys whenever I talk to you later. And I'm constantly praying for you guys. And uh, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to pray for all of you right now because I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what circumstances you're at um, and what you're facing, um, what heartbreak you're facing. But I know the Lord is with you. I know it because his word says so. And every time he says, I will be with you or he will, I will, God will, that is a promise. It's not he might, it's he will. So I'm going to pray Holy Spirit, I pray for uh, my sisters on the other side of my voice right now. Lord, you know their circumstances that they are looking at. They may be daunting. They may be heartbreaking. They may be absolutely painful. But Lord, I ask that your presence transcends and you make your presence known. You are transcendent, God. Lay your hand upon them. I ask that you bless them with wisdom, with knowledge. Lead them with your amazing down payment of the Holy Spirit. Lead them into what you have for them. Lead them, Lord, into your will. Show them your way. Guide them with your ever-loving hand. And any time there is a circumstance or the devil tries to throw something at them to get their foundation to crack, I pray, Lord, that you show up and that your power meets them right where they're at. And that you give them that peace and you give them that confidence knowing that you are with them. Because you are not just Jaira. You are not just Elroy. You are not just good and faithful. You are also a, the Lord of armies, which means you will fight for us. You will fight for them, Lord. And your word says that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, that you know what we need and that we are not to be anxious about it because you supply it. Everything good comes from you and I just ask Lord that whatever they need in their life according to your will I pray it is done I pray anxiety you go now in the name of Jesus depression you go now in the name of Jesus illness and destruction you go now in the name of Jesus because our Lord does not give us that. But he give, He does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a spirit of love, a sound mind, and of peace. And Lord, I just pray that you make that so known. And I thank you, Lord, that you have good things in store for my sisters listening on the other side. I thank you, Lord, that you supply their needs. I thank you, Lord, that you are with them. And I thank you, Lord, that you take all of us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Continue to make us subservient to you. Continue to keep our hearts soft so we can serve you. 
make us doers of the word and not just hearers. Thank you, Lord, that you are holy, that you are good, that you are loving, and that you are faithful, and that you lead us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, ladies, I'll talk to you the next time I talk to you. God bless. Love you. Bye.